I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the one more thinking, coming through in the clutch, making those free throws. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Nick, what are we going to do? It's a loss. The season's over. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, I didn't tell you to say that, though. You did not tell me to say that. That's obviously sarcasm. But um, tough loss. You hate seeing clutch losses. We've seen a lot of them this year, uh, but I'm not. I'm not coming out of this game like pissed off or mad or anything. I actually tweeted out at the end of the game. I thought it was a really fun, entertaining game to watch. Even though the Mavericks blew a 13 point lead, it was in Utah. We're talking about a Jazz team that's literally won 19 of their last 21 games. They're the second seed in the West right now. They're a really good basketball team. They're putting it all together right now. So. Um, I didn't expect us to walk into Utah and beat this team by you know twelve points. So um, they're also eighteen and three at home. <laughs> yeah, they're they're just a really good basketball team. So I thought Dallas played them really well. I thought it was a really entertaining, fun game. Trading shots there in the second half, fourth quarter. It's just unfortunate that it's the same book that we've read all season of this clutch freaking crap that Dallas <sighs> uh, still haven't figured out yet. Yeah, no, and that is frustrating, obviously. So today on this on this podcast, we'll break down the Mavericks game against the Utah Jazz. They lose 112 to 107. Um, they go in. They were up by you know four with a couple minutes left in the fourth quarter. Had a lead, and uh, and then gave it up again. Another another lead given up in the fourth quarter. The Mavericks basically led this entire game. Uh, they had a 13 point lead at one point during the first quarter. Uh, they built up to a 10 point lead in the third quarter, like late in the third quarter at one point. Um, the Mavericks felt like they were in control of this game the entire time. It came down to the end, and then the Jazz, you know, came up big in the very few, the very few spots where they needed to come up big. John, Donovan Mitchell finally turned it on. He wasn't he wasn't hitting the whole game, and then eventually, you know, at the end there, he started hitting. And then Rudy Gobert just, whew, I mean, he had five blocks, but I think he should have had more, <laughs> should have had more than that. Um, so we'll break down that game. Uh, let's start from the beginning, though. Uh, Mavericks go with the lineup of Luka, Curry, Tim Hardaway Jr., Dorian Finney-Smith, and Porzingis. The Utah Jazz throw out no Conley. Conley's been coming off the bench for them, which is might be surprising if you haven't seen them play. I just want to clarify. We're, we're starting from the very beginning of, and just to cover our bases, why Willie Cauley-Stein didn't play in this oh, game. Oh, good call, yeah. And, you know, there we got tweets about it today, and like, is he going to play, is he going to play? You know, this is, this wasn't just a normal type of trade. There was a lot of things that had to happen, uh, a lot of things you had to check off in this checklist. And, you know, they had to wait for the physical to happen with Oklahoma City, with Isaiah Roby. So they had to complete that trade first before, you know, that to go fully down, before they could waive Justin Patton. Then they would have the roster spot to actually, you know, a lot make of moving the parts. Yes, a lot of moving parts. So, yeah, I think uh, Tim McMahon, some of the, you know, uh, Brad Townsend, they reported that he's, Willie Collison's going to join the team tomorrow. The OKC game's still up in the air, whether he can, you know, whether he's going to play or be active in that. It might be a quick turnaround. There'll be no practice for that game. But that's he's got to pass why, physical, too. Yeah, that's just why he didn't play in this. It, it's, 
I mean, people were freaking out there for a while. It's like, <laughs> why is, is did Dallas nix this trade? Yeah, I saw like, a couple is this tw- done? Saw a couple tweets like, did they cancel this trade? Do you think there's a chance they cancel this trade? And it's like, guys, it, it, there's a difference between an official you know trade report coming out that it's actually happened, and then a Woj or a Sham saying this is going to happen. Like, I know we take those guys as gospel, and they they're pretty much right all the time, but it doesn't mean. From the time that the the trade is agreed to to the time that the trade is actually complete, there's so many steps. They have to call it into the league. They have to, you know, both players have to do a physical, all this kind of stuff. Uh, and very few times it, you know, goes to the league or or that. Uh, what was that Nene trade that that they tried to go to the league and they turned it down because you know it's something something with, with that. Maybe that was a free agent signing. Well, stuff like I mean the Brooks fiasco like yeah, with the yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff even going to go on Dragic and stuff it's like yeah. you know when we thought it's going to be a Maverick there's a difference between it being reported and saying hey it's going to happen that's why you see a bunch of us tweet out when we say this move or this you know call up is officially happened because that's when the yeah. team announces it and you know especially for like team employees like they can't really talk about a guy until it officially happens I can because you know we're the, I'm in, at the in between thing but like we so like, yeah, when it's officially announced by the league and you see us saying it's officially happened, that's when a team is announced it's, it's done. It's, it's set then, but there's kind of a, a waiting period between that a lot of times, and especially in this case, because there's a lot of moving parts. Yeah. I don't know if Willie Collerstein would have helped in this game though, to be honest, <laughs> this was probably not the game for Willie. There's a couple other things that could have happened that would have made this easier for the Mavs. But, yeah, so back to the starting lineup again. We started Luka, Curry, Tim Hardaway Jr., Dorian Finney-Smith, and Porzingis. The Jazz started Joe Ingles, Royce O'Neal, Donovan Mitchell, Bojan Bogdanovic, and Rudy Gobert. Again, Mike Conley's been coming off the bench for them, um, and he's not hurt or anything. He's He's been back for like four games now, and he's still coming off the bench for them. Uh, he's having a real rough year. I think he's shooting like 36% from the field or something like that. Okay. Um, and... Going into this game, the Mavericks kind of came in, came out swinging. Porzingis hit two threes early. The uh, you know playing five out with Porzingis, you know pulling Gobert way out of the paint, totally threw off the Jazz. And uh, new, Dallas- new stat, new stat tonight. <laughs> yeah, a, spa- da- a space assist. So <laughs> tell, tell them about your your joke tweet, and then the Tim McMahon response. I, I was I was totally joking because the screen is this thing with Rudy Gobert. People got really up in arms, which I think it is a legit stat. The screen assist stuff, like I know it is, but I'm saying I buy into it being a legit stat too. I think it's a good stat to have a screen assist. So I actually don't mind people tracking that. It's just putting just, it with like a triple double, right? Like nah. yes, I was just I was bad. willing to have fun with it and be like, hey, Porzingis had this amount of points and you know seven space assists tonight. To so basically somebody like Porzingis, you know, Gobert has a screen assist where he sets a pick for somebody the guy scores off that pick well Porzingis can he get like a space assist to where he spaces the floor pulls Gobert out and then Luca scores in the paint and Luca I mean KP gets credit for that <laughs> totally joking the one guy replies and is like hey you know don't mean to be this guy but isn't it kind of impossible to track this like who you would give the space assist I'm like exactly like you couldn't really you know, there's not a really way to track that so I it's definitely flawed. I was just really joking with it, but Tim McMahon of ESPN re- replied to it and said basically like the Jazz coaching and stuff. Like this is a discussion they have. Like assist off of those, off of a rolling player, off of a guy, you know, spacing the floor and kind of buying into that, you know, 
aspect of well, yeah. they're playing they're playing four out for the first time, right? Like they've had Gobert and Derek Favors playing together, and they had times where they played the, one of those guys, you know, singularly. But they had those two guys starting forever, and so they now are just starting Boyan at the four, and they're like, wow, we have all this space now, and this the team is incredible. Their offensive rating in the last two months is better than the Mavericks. I mean, it's like 119, which is points per 100 possessions, which is insane. Um, so, all right, coming up, let's get into the rest of this game, break down why the Mavericks um, were feeling good and had control of this game, and then when the Mavericks kind of gave it up. So, coming up, let's get into that. All right, Isaac, let's get into the rest of this game. Um, yeah, the Mavericks were feeling good. They were up to an 18-8 to lead coming out, coming out of the gate. Um, There's just there's a bunch of plays in a row where Gobert was just completely pulled out of the paint, even with Maxi on the floor. Maxi, I felt like was spacing the floor even better than Porzingis at sometimes in this game. Um, He he only hit two of his eight threes, so he finished with eight. Um, So he wasn't shooting well. Luca two of ten from his from three. Porzingis only three of eight. So these guys were hitting early, and then you know later in the game in the second half was when we really started to struggle and if the Mavericks the three ball wasn't going down at like a super high rate the Mavericks weren't going to win this game and that's what it came down to yeah it really did but I mean from the very beginning you know I thought I thought Seth Curry uh, started the game played a pretty good basketball game he hit you know went four five from behind the line thought he shot the ball really well six of nine 69 uh 66 uh from the field and I thought he played really well. Tim Hardaway, it seems – I need to look back at his number. It seems like he's in a funk right now, but I don't think he is. He had like, 29 points like a week ago. So Yeah, I don't think he's, like, playing bad, but, you know, he had that stretch there to where he was really uh, kind of, yeah, on fire for a bit. But I think it's kind of give and take some, too. And I think – I keep coming back to this thing that – I know we ref, we reference Bill Simmons different times on this pod, but and a lot of things Bill says, yeah, you just got to throw out. But some things Bill says I, I really like. And Same with us. He, yeah, exactly, exactly. Everybody. And uh, you when you eat a fish, you got you know chew the chew the meat, eat the meat, and spit out the bones. There you go. And well, that's like a classic so, saying. That's not like the Bill Simmons thing. No, 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 no. I'm I'm getting there. But he he was talk, he was talking okay. about he, he he landed on this a lot with like Golden State with like Harrison Barnes stuff back in the day. But really, any good team, and I think this I'm kind of jumping to the end here a little bit, but we can go back and forth with the with the clutch stuff. The Mavericks got to figure out who their five is, and when when you're when you have a good team and you got these two guys, like they have so many of the other guys when it comes to the depth stuff. They're still mixing and matching some of trying to figure out who's your five. You gotta have your five guys that you know you're gonna close every single game with. And every great team has their five, or they know their five. They know the pieces that complement their stars the best. And that that's where I feel like that's one of the reasons, and we've talked about the clutch stuff and reasons why they've been struggling in the clutch and stuff a lot. But I think that's one of the reasons is, you know, you saw DeLon Wright get a lot of minutes tonight in the fourth quarter. And they're kind of just mixing and matching some. And whenever you – like, they got to land on something at some point. And I get, I'm like, hey, what can you land on if nothing's working? I get that. You got to keep on – but I think it comes in a fan perspective, too, of you kind of – it's kind of give and take a little bit. I'm like, hey, we like the depth, and we like having all these guys like Seth and Maxie and DeLon and Dorian and all these type of guys. But we kind of also got to understand, too, that it's going to take time to f- figure out which one of those guys are going to fit the best in these clutch situations? 
Well, and it comes to Rick Carlisle. I think with this team so far, what we've learned is they need they need Luca and Porzingis to both be on, right? They need Porzingis. They they probably yeah. need twenty points from those guys, and they need twenty points from one other guy. In this game, they got it from Seth, and they're they're in the game because of it. I mean, he was hitting big shots, and you know, like you said, he hit four threes. He had nineteen points, uh, so they got it from from him. Didn't get enough from Porzingis in the second half, and then got two points. I think in the second half, I think he had thirteen. Maybe that maybe in just in the fourth quarter he had two points, but uh, and then the rest of the you know the guys they you need twenty points from either Curry Hardaway Jr. Maxi uh, Delon Wright Brunson Justin Jackson you know even Dorian uh, yeah. somebody somebody of Berea even if they throw him in there like somebody else needs to to come up big, um, and they got that in this game they got it from Seth Curry they had a couple of other you know role players score. Uh, Delon Wright, Maxi, Dorian, and Tim Hardaway Jr. all had you know between eight and eleven points. That's all. That's all awesome. But when when all those things are clicking, the Mavericks also <laughs> need Porzingis to you know score twenty points and Luca to maybe score thirty points, and he only got to twenty five in this game. Uh, and yeah. so those are the margins. I mean, when when you're playing against a team that's this good, when you're playing against a team that's having a historic offense and a historic run right now, they play great defense. They have the two time Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, that's trying to figure out how to play against you. He's not going to be—he's uh, not going to be rendered useless the whole game, right? <laughs> Even if you're playing five out, he's going to figure out a way to show up, and he's going to figure out a way to switch on guys and switch on guys that are driving and be able to block shots like he did with Delon's shot. I mean, that was—I mean, that's a—that's a, a crazy defensive play. So let's yeah. let's let's skip to it because I think the rest of this game we kind of already talked about. Um, unless you want to talk about like, the goaltending that got reversed <laughs> or something else. <laughs> no, um, there's just different main story po- or talking points that we can go off. But of. so you get to the end, uh, two minutes and 37 seconds left. The Mavericks are up 102 to 101. It's basically just been up and down the whole game. The Mavericks have built up a lead. The Jazz have come back. The Mavericks have built up their lead a little bit. The Jazz have come back. Uh, in the fourth quarter, it never got to any higher than like five points. But they're up by one. Dorian Finney-Smith drives on Rudy Gobert, and he had some really good drives on Rudy Gobert, where he yeah, was really he was impressed, really controlled, held it in the air, was able to get fouled. I think twice by Gobert. I think this was the second one. Um, one of them where he made a shot against Rudy Gobert. I just thought that that was so impressive. Uh, he goes to the line, misses two free throws, and guys, those are the only two free throws that the Mavericks missed in the whole fourth quarter. Like they didn't take many of them. They only ended up. They were seven of thirteen from the game. Um, but I had a, a, you know, just a thread to say, everybody, you know, let it all out. What do you guys think about this game? And the majority of people are saying, make your free throws, make your free throws. Well, down the stretch, the only person that missed free throws was Dorian. A couple minutes ago, DeLon Wright hit both of his free throws, and those are the only free throws the Mavericks took the entire fourth quarter. This was not a game where they were attacking a lot, and when they were, it's because they were wide open because Gobert was out of the paint. They weren't, you know, they weren't, trying to get those calls they weren't able to you know draw contact because they're either taking jump shots and making them in this game which they're they're hitting pretty well or they're getting to the you know the basket kind of undeterred right like that's that was the formula in this game that's not going to lead to free throws uh and so i don't understand the whole map like i understand the maps need to make their free throws right but i don't think that was the difference in this game that's not yeah 
yeah, it's just the Dorian missed two there in the fourth. And, you know, yeah, Luka missed four free throws. But it's not, you know, you're not walking out of this game saying, man, they missed 14 free throws this game as a team. You know, like, okay, well, they missed six. I mean, that they should make them, yeah, but I don't know. I'm not walking out of this saying, man, that's that's everything about this game. It is kind of weird when you look at the stats across the board because three-point percentage, you know, almost 40%, 39% as a team. You know, um, turnovers, they only had nine turnovers. They scored over 100 points. When you look at a lot of these different stats, they didn't get re- out-rebounded uh, by a ton. I, I had that pulled up. I thought I did. What was their final rebound? Oh, they got out rebounded by ten. <laughs> okay, ten. My bad. Um, the second second chance points was huge, and yeah, Utah scored twenty eight second chance points compared to Dallas's twelve. That's a lot. That if I'm gonna if I have to pick yeah, land a on a stat, difference. which I don't really like to pick one stat to blame a loss on. If I had to pick on one, that would be the one I would pick out more than free throws. Yeah, let's so. Let's talk more about that and break down the rest of the end of this game coming up. And then we'll try to put all this into context, the clutch losses and all that. We'll try to put it into context coming up after this. All right, Isaac, let's break down the rest of this game. So we, when we left off, Dorian had just missed two free throws. So after Dorian missed these free throws, uh, about two minutes and 30 seconds left in the game, Dorian gets taken out of the game. I thought that that was, was really interesting. You even texted it texted that to me in the middle of the game. Why did Dorian get taken out? And I thought it was kind of detrimental with, you know, Donovan Mitchell, you know, kind of going off. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm confused by that. I didn't know why. So, yeah, some of the lineups, you know, they're towards the end of the game. And, you know, we like DeLon Wright, but, you know, DeLon, DeLon Wright got 30 minutes in this game. He got more more minutes than Porzingis in this game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, DeLon got a lot of those fourth quarter minutes, especially down the stretch. And, it, yeah, it's right after. I mean, Dorian had a good stretch there in the fourth where he was he took Gobert off the dribble that time. He got Gobert his fifth foul. He hit a three there, and you know he missed those two free throws, and then he's just out. And I, I just kind I think he came back in for the very last possession. He wasn't or even in foul but, trouble. He had three fouls when he went out. Yeah, so I, I was kind of confused by that. I, I don't have an answer but for that either. Again, you know, we're talking about the, the the margins of victory for this team. You know, some of that is Carlisle playing the right players, and if you've got so many players to choose from, the decisions aren't always that easy. You know, sometimes it, it comes down to these teams where uh, the Clippers, like the Clippers, have five guys that are definitely going to play. You know, they have this set five. You know, I think the the Nuggets are kind of a team like this too. The Rockets definitely are this team. They have this set five that are absolutely going to play. And Mike D'Antoni's decision is so easy. He's like, okay, well, I'm going to play yeah. these five guys: you know, Gordon, Tucker, Capella, Westbrook, Harden. It's really hard to make a case for anybody else at any given night unless they're injured. Uh, the Mavericks, they have a bunch of different guys, and this is you know we have a bunch of fifth starters. Carlisle has to make the decision. It's sometimes he's going to be right. Sometimes he's going to be wrong just by, you know, sheer numbers of it. Um, and that's where we have to understand that as fans too, of on one hand, we get excited and say, look how deep our team is. You know, our bench is better than uh, a team like the Clippers or something like that. But on the flip side, when it gets into the crunch time or it gets into a, a playoff series that we've been talking about a lot, everything boils down to what five you have on the floor. And for Carlisle, the margin of error is so like it's all on him, you know, for a lot of people because now he has to pick between all the the deep team and all the fifth starters. He's got to pick what three players is going to play around him. If it doesn't work, then we're all like, why didn't this player play? Why didn't this player play? So it that's the give and take of having a deep team 
compared to having a set five like a Clippers or something like that. Yeah, and even in this game, I don't think he necessarily made a wrong choice. Like maybe Dorian would have been better, but DeLon made that great assist to Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, yeah. at that, you know, with about 50 seconds left. Well, let's get to that. So, uh, oh, I wrote in my notes, two minutes and 30 seconds, Curry guarding Boyan Bogdanovich has been rough. He hit like two threes right in his face. Uh, they were and, targeting Curry and too. They were targeting Curry, and that's you know the difference between playing Dorian on him and playing Curry because Bojan is their four. I mean, he's playing basically yeah. a point guard on a four, uh, and that's tough. Then uh, so the Jazz come back and yeah, he hits he hits I think a two and a three, and the Jazz take the lead with a minute two seconds left. Carlisle takes a timeout. Then we get a really nice play that I just mentioned. Fifty seconds left. Luca drives, kicks to Delon right in the corner. Delon swings it over to Tim Hardaway Jr. takes a, a nice semi contested three and he hits it. The Mavs take the lead back. Go to the other side of the ball. I was super hyped in that three. I mean by that. The way. I mean, okay. And and there's such a subtle move by Luca in that. And in when he jumped up into the air, it's it's the small things that you just kind of look past. He's looking at Tim Hardaway Jr. and he yeah. passes it straight to Delon in the corner. It it gives enough time for Boyan to have to recover. He recovers late to Delon, then bam hits Tim Hardaway and Tim Hardaway's open. Luca's just look off on that made that happen. And it, like it's small stuff like that. If you don't look for, her, you know, you don't notice it. You just kind of like, oh, cool, cool pass. He's like, throwing him off with his eyes, right? Like he's looking crazy, at yeah. the guy. He's trying to target one guy, and he th- you know throws the no look to Delon. Uh, and then DeLon made the right play because the defender yeah. had to close out then on DeLon. And Tim Hardaway Jr. was open at that point. So then on the other side of the ball, about 40 seconds left. Donovan Mitchell drives, kicks to Royce O'Neal. Uh, and there's he had a contested three, and he made it. And so then Dallas is down by two at this point. Uh, and that was like that – was, that, that one really hurt, I <laughs> felt like. Uh, yeah. But then 30 seconds left. This is when DeLon gets matched up one-on-one on Rudy Gobert. Thought that he – Thought that he got by him. Uh, he drove drove right, drove around him. He had distance. He had separation. It's not even like Rudy Gobert was on his hip. I mean, he had probably two feet of space between him and Gobert as he was going to the rim. He tried to outstretch his arm as long as possible, and he's got a pretty good wingspan. Yeah. Gets the ball to the backboard. It doesn't hit the backboard, and, and Gobert swats it, and it ricochets off. Chase down block. The way that Rudy Gobert can recover. I mean, that was a play of the game right there. If they, if they hit that, it's tied. With 23 seconds left, and then the Jazz go down, and the Mavericks had a timeout at that point that they could have, um, you know, done something with and drawn up a play. But that was right there. That saved their game pretty much. I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that was the play of the game. Man, Donovan Mitchell hitting those clutch shots down the stretch. Boyan Bogdanovich hitting some clutch shots, and then Rudy Gobert. That's the difference. And if you, if any of those things go differently, the Jazz don't win this game. I don't think. Yeah, and uh, honestly. I- he deserves a little criticism in this, and I, I think Luca contributed to that too. I didn't think um, Luca. I didn't think this is one of Luca's best games. He had some yeah. uh, highlights there in the first quarter, and, but even in, in the fourth quarter, I, I'm not wasn't completely <laughs> impressed with him in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and those fourth those four missed free throws are a big deal. He's his his free throw shooting has been down recently. I don't want to downplay that too much. I think in this game, maybe the free throw shooting wasn't that important, but Luca missing his free throws has been costly for the Mavericks recently. Um, yeah, and I wasn't a fan of the. I know it was what fifteen seconds left. You know, it was under twenty four. Uh, I think yeah. it was under twenty four, and they were down by like four. I think maybe five. And you know, he came down just you know did the cro- he did one crossover, and it was basically a sidestep three in Royce O'Neal's face from about thirty one feet. 
And I, that surprised me a little bit because I feel like, especially late in games, we see Luca try to drive a little bit or at least get somebody an <laughs> open you, shot. Oh, you think he should have drove there? I, I had to add that in there. Um, well, the, but, so the, the Mavericks are down 111 to 107 at that point. He hits the three. They're only down one. Then you can play the foul game. Uh, it was a desperation three, but it was pretty far out, and you know, like it, it was kind of a desperation three at that point. But and it was like a non like a non follow through three. It was like just a quick shot, you know, and, and you know hit the backboard first. And, and Dorian crazy he, almost got an offensive rebound in that, which he's just uh, hey guys, Dorian's a really good offensive. He got credited rebounder. for an offensive rebound on that play though. Really? Yeah, he got credited oh. for an offensive rebound, and then Gobert got credited with with the defensive rebound. Uh, in the very same minutes. So it's like 11.5 seconds Dorian offensive rebound, 11.5 seconds Gobert rebound. It's like simultaneously. That's very weird how they scored that, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, and that's Luka, what it comes down to. So, I want to give the do you we have any more thoughts on this game before I move on to some context? Um no. No, not really. Yeah. Um Tough loss, for sure. The Mavericks had this in hand. So many things went wrong. Porzingis needed to score more than two points in the fourth quarter, and the Mavericks probably would have had better control this game. Uh, Porzingis also had two rebounds. Part of that is because he's outspacing the floor, but two rebounds in this game is it's tough. When you're out-rebounded by 10, you gotta, we gotta get, and you have to get some more than that. And they know that, and that's the, you know, Rick said that post-game in, in the media scrum of, Hey, like with Porzingis at the five, he said, I, I know, like, I know the biggest challenge for us. It's fun offensively, you know, you, you run and stuff like that. But he said, but it, it's the rebounding when he yeah. knows that rebounding, it, it takes a hit whenever you put in Porzingis at the five, you don't have the other big in there and stuff. So it's, you almost have to try to overcompensate for it a little bit until they figure the starting lineup out. We knock on Dwight Powell a lot, but him and Dorian at the same time, those are both sweaties, right? Like those are both guys that try hard and they box out and they put a body on a body and then that makes it easier for Luka and Porzingis to get rebounds, you know, at that point. And so I think they kind of miss Dwight Powell in that area, you know, boxing out, putting a body on a body and, you know, helping Porzingis get rebounds in that in that sense. Yeah, I think it's more of a they missed the hustling, like you said, the yeah. sweaties of, of Powell and Finney Smith together. Not that Porzingis, I mean, not that Dwight Powell is bringing down 12 boards a game and they're missing Powell's 12 boards a game. They're not missing that. Uh, but they are missing his hustle, getting body in there and all that stuff. Yeah, it's like what the Lopez brothers do, right? Like the Lopez brothers don't rebound, but they block out a lot and they help you know their teams rebound pretty well. Uh, I think Dwight does helps in that area. So, okay, right now the Mavericks are 10-14 and 14 in clutch games. Uh, and everyone's, you know, the, like moaning about that and upset that the Mavericks can't win these clutch games this year when they actually had a decent record in clutch games last year. Um, but I just want to look at it in some context. I've, we've been tracking these numbers. The Mavericks right now are five and six in clutch games when they have both Luca and Porzingis. So only five and six. So they're ten and fourteen overall. Five and six in clutch games with Luca and Porzingis. Um, and then. Uh, these are their losses, Isaac. They lost to Portland the very first game of the season with, with that challenge you know, at the very end. They lost that overtime game to the Lakers. Um, and the Lakers now have one the second-best record in the league, but they lost that, that game. With, could have been over with that Curry-Dwight Howard call. They lost mm. both the games to the Knicks, which are just complete anomaly. Cool. Like I don't even know how to explain those anymore. Um, then they lost... Uh, Let's see. Then they lost these last these last couple games, the Clippers and the Jazz. These are the last two games they won. The Clippers game was 
That was Porzingis' first game back, if I'm correct, right? Uh, yeah, I think that was that yeah. was his first yeah. game. Tuesday. His first game back. They lose that. That was a clutch game, though. It came down to the end, and then this Jazz game. I mean, those are the those are two of the top three teams. Um, so basically, since opening night, the the Mavericks have lost uh, games to the Lakers, the Clippers, the Jazz, and the Knicks. <laughs> right, like top three top three teams, and then the next ones that I don't know how to explain, but. Uh, I just think that this team is going to figure it out. They haven't lost a clutch game to a non-playoff team since November <laughs> with Luka and Porzingis yeah. both on the floor. So th- this is part of the growing pains. These clutch losses are are tough to deal with, but the Mavericks are playing at a point where they shouldn't necessarily be in some of these games, but they are. It's just getting yeah, over the hump is the next step. The Mavericks have lost 17 games. You just said, what's the record in clutch games this year 10 and 14 so they've only lost three games that aren't clutch Four, 14 out of the 17 losses have been clutch losses would you rather your losses be clutch losses or 20 point blowouts i would i'm glad you know at least shows that they're not far off you know at least shows that if you have 15 losses by 15 or more points you're like dang like there's some serious stuff going on now, you you got to figure out the clutch stuff come playoff time, and this is still a young team, an experienced team, and all the stuff, the whole you know thing we've been down before. So definitely something they got to figure out. Definitely something that you know is worrisome if you pick the one thing. I mean, uh, the midseason point, we said, what was our, the most disappointing thing about this team this season? We both said them in the clutch. I mean, that's the thing. And I think Porzingis, Brad Townsend tweeted out after the game tonight, you know, Porzingis said, we're still trying to figure out playing you know ourselves our team playing in these high pressure situations and this is these high pressure situations especially on the road in in utah uh especially since against some of these good teams that inexperience between the you know whatever five you ha- have out there it's it's like times two at that point so they got to figure it out it's a learning curve you know from the front office on down to the coaching staff everything everybody's about this young core right now and these young pieces and them growing them getting this experience whatever playoff experience they get this year so i think you know tap the brakes a little bit it's not the end of the world we got to see what you know what role this willie collie stein playing this i don't you know he's not stepping in and tyson chandler 2.0 and the savior of clutch situation <laughs> situations but <clears throat> i think there is something to it too of i went back and looked at um can we t- talk about willie just real quick or do you got more stuff on no this? that's it okay I, I went back today and i looked at last year since luca got to dallas and the pick and roll guys in you know in dallas and this is a crazy thing about it, and this is where if you're one of those people and you're like oh man willie collie stein theoretically he should be a good pick and roll guy but his numbers don't really say that well, you know who makes people good pick and roll guys? Luka Doncic. Because last year, I where's it? I wrote it down right here. Last year, these are Dwight Powell and DeAndre Jordan finished in the top six with a minimum of a hundred possessions, just a hundred possessions as the role man in the pick and roll. They finished. We had two players in the top six in points per possession. Yeah, this yeah, year, I wonder what happened to DeAndre when he went to New York. <laughs> I know, but like this year. Since we're not even, you know, we're not, we can't do the 100 mark yet because we're not fully through the season. So let's just do 80, minimum of 80 possessions this year. Guess who's in the top five of Roman 
in the pick and roll in points per possession. Max Kleba and Dwight Powell. You're two centers on the roster. When you go to the basketball reference and look at the people who've played center the most on this team, which we know that's kind of skewed, it's Maxie and Dwight Powell. So something wild tells me that Willie Cauley-Stein's going to do good in the pick and roll because Luka makes people good in the pick and roll. Maxie was not in the top five or top ten last year as a, as a role man. Now he is this year. So... Luke is going to have an effect on Willie Cauley-Stein. Whether he starts, whether he doesn't, I, I lean towards him not starting off the bat. But, yeah, I just want – yeah. Luke is going to make Willie good <laughs> in, in a relative way. There you but. go. That's our breakdown of this game. Willie Cauley-Stein coming soon. We'll be back uh, on Monday. I think we're going to do a uh, every – wing that the jet that the mavericks could target for a trade because it still seems like the mavericks are going to go after a wing before the trade deadline which is coming up february 6th so that's what we're going to do on monday guys thanks so much for listening to locked on maps peace out boom <laughs>